Hello everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of our Deeply Rooted Faith podcast and welcome to our new listeners. My name is Marge and I'm just so excited to have you guys here with me. We simply exist to glorify the name of Jesus Christ and spread the gospel. So join us as we journey through what it actually means to be deeply rooted in him. this moment to say welcome 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 guys I think I'm really back but (laughs) we'll see thank you for stopping by sorry if my voice sounds a bit raspy I've been battling this cold um but I am so so happy for the strength to come on here and to record and speak the heart of God you guys rock I've had people messaging and asking me for the next episode release so here we are I'm praying for you guys. I am praying for God's will to be fully manifested in all of our lives. So this episode is way, way overdue, but I am so grateful for God's grace, right? I won't be before you long. I only have just a few points to make with the help of the Holy Spirit. I pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. But before we get started, let's pray. Hi, Jesus. It's me again, your daughter. Thank you for being fully present in this space where your presence in your heart is so tangible. Jesus, I honor you, the infinite vessel of the Holy Spirit, sovereign king, sovereign ruler. You are exalted above all else, the enlightener, the teacher. I pray that you enlighten me as I share your heart. For my only desire is to establish the very thing that you, Father God, are establishing on earth. So King Jesus, we make way for you to establish your heart concerning your people. And as I always say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock, my shield, my refuge, my best friend, my everything. And we thank you for the word that has gone forth. I believe the Holy Spirit have something to say. This word comes to encourage us to take our position in his kingdom. Our anchor scripture for today is John 19, verses 26 through 30. We'll be reading out of the ESV translation. And so it reads, When Jesus saw his mother and a disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from the hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Okay, guys, there's so much to unpack here. Before we get right into it, I want you to take a moment and ask yourself, are you in position? Are you in alignment with the heart of God? As I was meditating on this passage, the Holy Spirit whispered, look around and get in position. And instantaneously, 
the strikingly vivid picture came to mind. I saw the state of a broken people seeking and searching for something in which they could not find. When you think of the word position, what comes to mind? You know, in a dictionary, position is described as a place where someone or something is located or has been put. A person's relative place as in society, rank, status, or one's posture or stance in regards to something. So to give you guys a bit of context here, in this particular chapter, Jesus gets delivered to be crucified. But it was his final moments on the earth that the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit wants me to elucidate on. While reading these passages, two thoughts stood out to me. One being that Jesus' action towards his mother, the phrase, it is finished. I want us to go back and reread the verse and pay close attention to the subtle cues of what Jesus is calling us into. And, he, and it reads, when Jesus saw his mother in the, in the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then, the, then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. The key word here that we have to take, that we have to pay close attention to is the word behold. Notice how the word behold is mentioned twice in this verse. The word behold is such a crucial connector on how we ought to be. To behold a thing means to perceive through sight or apprehension, to gaze upon, to observe. When you think about it, right, when something is being observed, it's not easily missed because it is being regarded with attention. It is to be aware through observation or to be absolutely certain or sure about something. Could it be that Jesus was teaching his disciples and is currently teaching us that we have to be able to perceive or see with the hearts instead of our natural eyes. We're going somewhere. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when we but what we see here is we we have the incarnate Christ beaten to a pulp, depleted and vulnerable, having a human experience, but in the midst of his human experience, I want you to take a look at his heart. Look at his posture, his action. Look at his stance. What do you see? I'll tell you what I see. I see the assimilation of his character. Jesus' action towards his mother that's one. And number two, I see Jesus establishing his eternal kingdom. It is finished. What do I mean by the assimilation of his character? When you look at this verse to its entirety, what we see is that Jesus didn't let his circumstances or his condition dictate how he was to respond, or he didn't let his condition dictate his actions. But when you look at his stance or his posture, you recognize that his posture was to always look beyond himself and see the ways that his father was operating throughout the scriptures. So what this showed me and revealed to me is that oftentimes in the midst of our painful experiences, God wants to reveal himself and be made known. We have to come to a place in God where we can see beyond the woe is me mentality, where we can see beyond our conditions, where we can see beyond our brokenness. Please hear me by the spirit of the Lord. In no way do I want to dismiss or minimize our experiences, but we must come to a place in God where we can behold him in his majesty. Because the trickery of the enemy 
is to get us to be so consumed and bound by the cures of life that Jesus becomes an afterthought. We must not shrink and minimize our God to our experiences. I don't know who needs to hear this, but God can mend your broken pieces. He can mend your broken parts. We serve a God that cannot be less than who he is. Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. And the Holy Spirit is asking us, is there any among you that wants to follow me by imitating my examples? Holy Spirit, help me. So in the moment of his affliction, Jesus could have made it all about himself, rightfully so, may I add. But he chose to look past his pain. He chose to look past his brokenness, past his suffering to tend to someone else's pain. His natural inclination was to protect her. It was to tend to her needs. Notice in the midst of his suffering, he was still filled with tenderness, love, and compassion towards Mary. What we got to see here is God's consistent character as a comforter, as the one who binds up the brokenhearted. So my question then becomes, can you still love and care for others in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your suffering like Jesus did? Friend, Jesus is looking for another level of surrender. Is that you? What we see throughout the scriptures is that Jesus' surrender and, and submission cost him everything. It cost him his life. And God is calling us into the place of full, complete submission. Could it be that Jesus didn't want to miss this moment to teach us a very important lesson here. Oh, actually a few lessons, if we really think about it, right? One being how complete surrender and submission enables us to see with our hearts. Number two, how submission prepares us for the master's service by building the kind of character that is necessary in us if we are if we are to function effectively in our assigned roles. Number three, how the strength of the Lord is gloriously revealed to perfection in our weaknesses and how our actions must precede our emotions. I believe this word is twofold here. Jesus revealing the key on how to successfully navigate seasons of suffering while simultaneously teaching us the key to perceive or see with the hearts instead of our natural eyes. The wisdom is that we have to look to Christ for wisdom in the strength to bear our pain. We have to look to Christ to bear our suffering. If we're choosing to follow Christ in this new era, then we must set our will in the direction that the Holy Spirit is leading despite how we feel. If you think about it, right? That is 
what it actually means to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. So our actions have to precede our emotions, just like Jesus. This passage really moved me, and this is why. You see, the thing about Jesus is that he understood his position in God. He knew his eyes needed to rest upon the reality of heaven and not that of earth. He knew that his suffering was transient and that the slight affliction was producing in him an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. He understood that through his suffering, his pain, his brokenness, that God's power was being manifested and glorified. He understood that it wasn't by his might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God that he was able to speak into Mary's situation. You see, this passage revealed a few things to me. One is that only when we come to the inner of ourselves can we begin to see God. Two is that we need to look out for one another. Number three, we have to have a heart that feels for people. We have to know our position in Christ because it is from that position we speak. Number five, when we're aligned with God's heart, miracles, signs, and wonders follow. We see Jesus emptied of himself, yet found the strength within to speak. What this showed me is that one of the most crucial part of our walk with God is going to be us allowing him to fill our empty places. And we can see that as Jesus spoke, everything was working together to bring about the manifestation of his word. And he is calling you and I to take our rightful place, our rightful position in his kingdom. The Lord needs us to function as a member of the body, as a part of his church. But who is willing to imitate me, says the spirit of the Lord. Who is willing to go for me, says the spirit of the Lord. Behold, says the Lord, and look around. What type of world do you see? In this passage, Jesus personally carried the grief of what Mary was experiencing and spoke comfort into her very being by using the very people around her. We see Jesus simultaneously establishing his kingdom by speaking his father's heart. The Lord desires to use us the same. The Lord desires for us to be a light in a dark and broken world. He desires for us to be one of those that can perceive with our hearts. Then the Lord brought me back to that vivid image 
of the state of broken people seeking and searching for something in which they could not find. And my heart began to ache because the reason why they couldn't find what they were seeking and searching for was because we have a people in the body who refuses to take their position. We have a people in the body who haven't fully surrendered or submitted to the workings of the Holy Spirit. We have a people in the body who refuses to be conformed to the image of Christ. We have a people in the body who refuses to share as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And because we're not occupied by what the Holy Spirit because, and because we're not occupied by the Holy Spirit, we have nothing of God in us for him to show. So therefore, these broken people are searching and seeking because there, no, there is no glimpse of hope within us. Thank you, Jesus. There's no hope. There's no glimpse of Jesus in us. There's no glimpse. The Bible states that it is Christ in us, the hope of glory, which means that Christ is humanity's only hope. So the question then becomes, if we as his redeemed, if we as his redeemed ones have no glimpse of hope within us, then where does hope lies for the rest of the world? Jesus. Is there any among you who wants to look and be more like Jesus as the Holy Spirit? For there is one who is calling us today. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, make way for the kingdom of God is at hand and it is within you. There is a role for you to play in the kingdom. There is a position you must take. There is a task you must perform. And he whispered to me, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Which means that this is the hour that the Lord is asking us to take our position in Him. For this is the hour the Lord is calling forth His remnant to be His hands and feet. The Lord is calling forth his remnant to a greater place of surrender. Friend, is that you?
Well, guys, this concludes our episode for today. Thank you all for rocking with Jesus and I. This word had me take an assessment of myself, and I had to repeat for the times where I've missed to look at my experiences from the finished works of Christ. The Holy Spirit is maturing us and inviting us to truly grasp the reality that we are seated with him in heavenly places, and in him we have all authority. I don't know about you, but that ignites something within me, which means that when the Holy Spirit steps into the scene because we are one in spirit everything has to acquiesce the spirit of the living god in on the inside of me in on the inside of you so whatever it is that you are going through it's already finished it's already done i want you to say it with me it's already finished it's already finished it's already finished the heart of god beloved is that he may find a people that even through suffering will exemplify jesus christ family we're only here but for a moment may we begin to adjust our focus to what's important to god father i pray that you sweep every hindrance that may cause us to not fully walk in where we are in you may we may we Behold you, Jesus, in your majesty, fully grasping that in order for us to begin to see your heart, Jesus Christ, that we must be completely surrendered and submitted to you. Spirit of the living God, we thank you for the work that you are doing in our hearts. Just as Jesus spoke into um, into Mary's situation, I speak into the life of your son your or your daughter listening to this message. And I say, go forth, child of God, take your position for the Lord is calling forth his remnant to take their position position as we take our position in him all we have to do is open our mouths and speak the heart of the lord release the heart of god to those around us and we will begin to see kingdom we will begin to see his kingdom being demonstrated just as jesus did we'll begin to see people change we'll begin to see region shifts we'll begin to see the world change for this is the charge the lord has anointed us to proclaim the good news to the poor to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom to the captives and to release them from darkness Beloved, Jesus can only be carried through this world only on the shoulders of those who are his own. The world does not know him, but we know him. So I'll leave you with this question. How will you carry Jesus on your shoulders? So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here. I appreciate each and every single one of you. My kid is in the background just acting wild, Um, but that's okay. Um, Love you guys. See you guys next time.